We're going to be really good this year. We feel confident about our club and their ability to defend uh, what they accomplished last year as the Yale champs. And uh, this is a deal that's going to further strengthen us for the next several years as well. Welcome to Baseball Biz with our special Raise Up bonus edition. And today, I have Brandon Noway, that's great, fantastic sports analyst from at Sports Blitz Pod on Twitter. You can find him there. And I'm Mark Corbett, and you can find me at the Baseball Biz on Twitter. Anyway, we're glad to have you guys here today. You heard that little bit at the beginning. That is Mr. Neander talking about what he expects for this season. He, there's a lot of changes and all that. We'll talk a little bit more about Mr. Eric Neander later. What's coming up with spring training? You know, who we lost this past year. And Brandon's going to give us a lot of information on the Rays hot stove. We'll take a little bit closer look at what still could be coming because of the payroll that the Rays have. And also, what's spring training going to look like? So these are some of the topics we have today. And... Let's get cracking. All right. So, knowing what we talked about here earlier, Brandon, it's going to be interesting, brother. I mean, who are the Rays this year? Oh, man. They're they're, they're a different team than they were last year. They lost arguably their two biggest pieces, definitely on the pitching side, but even throughout the team, and Morton and and, uh, Snell, arguably two of their most important pieces, are now gone. Indeed. I mean, that's the thing. We, if, if you were looking at that and you saw Tyler Glasnow right there, I mean, Tyler with him as well. If you look at that, you said, man, what a great team. They de- they definitely should have been the World Series. I don't know that we're going to have that this year. I'd really like to say we are. Uh, we talked on the regular Baseball Biz edition earlier about looking how the Blue Jays are stepping up. It'll be curious to see how they do. We've seen in the AL East, too, how the Yankees, they've – Actually, finally got DJ LeMay, who signed, and there's a few other positive actions they've taken. So I'm not sure with our losses how that'll play. And I know after game six, it was a letdown for all of us as fans, and certainly for Blake Snell. And here's a few words he had to say after the game. Cash is a hell of a manager. We can't take that away from him. I mean – if Nick gets out of the, the gym like he usually does and our bullpen holds it down like they usually do, no one's talking about it. So at the end of the day, I see both sides. Um, but, I, I mean, just me and the way that, you know, I felt that game and what he was able to see during that game, I just – I don't want to be taken out of that game. I mean, I don't like being taken out of any game, honestly. And for the most part, you know, me and Cash, I'm going I'm to side with him because I know how good of a manager he is. Now, you know, that's Blake when he's probably at his best. He's recognizing that Kevin Cash is the manager and that by analytics he's making the decisions that he's thinking are are best for the team. But, you know, Brandon, I think after Blake had a chance to think about it a little bit more and distance himself from that game and actually distance himself from the the team – you know, now moving to the Padres, being with old, our old uh, Rays buddy, Tommy Pham. It's going to be a whole different type of perspective. And here's a few words that Blake shared when he was talking with CC Sabathia on his podcast, R2C2. Even like before the game, I'm like, I, like, I got to go to, I got to go nine. Like we have Chuck the next day, Chuck in game sevens 
we're, we're looking sexy here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Chuck is going to be on. So I'm like, I got to get it to Chuck. And I know like our bullpass text. So I know like I got to go nine and I'm fresh. Like I'm good. And I even told Cash, like I'm good. Like, let me go. Quite a different <laughs> mindset, but uh, maybe a bit more candid. Maybe like I said, it marinated on a bit, but that's, that's where we are. So we lost him. We lost Blake. And Brandon, Charlie Morton, my gosh, how, how could we let him go? I, I don't know, brother. He's one of those guys where, like Tommy Pham a couple of years ago, I thought he brought something to a team you know, more important than what he did on the field and leadership in the clubhouse. And, you know, I felt like he did a really good job of helping develop Snell and Glasnow's confidence in going after guys as we saw it with Snell in game six before he was pulled. He was going after guys and he was having one of the great performances before he was pulled. And we're, they're losing a big leader in, in Morton and a big leader in Snell and performer in him as well. No doubt. No doubt. And, I, and so what are you going to do? I mean, what's been cooking? You know, we. Uh, I guess Kiermaier will be probably the most senior on the team and certainly, I think at the moment, probably the highest salary player. But we can talk about that later. And, you know, maybe with a little bit more age with the team, uh, he he can offer something. I, I know if I look toward coaches and managers, I always think of people like Kyle Snyder as a leader. But I think they're looking for somebody as a captain on the team for that. And I'm not sure who that will be this year. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think they'll probably Kiermaier by, you know, what what's it called? Tenure? By default? Maybe <laughs> by him. tenure. Yeah, yeah. tenure, default, because he's been there the longest. Right. And, you know, he's kind of been like a leader for a few years, you know. He gives it his all, you know. He's always pushing guys. And, you know, sometimes that's to his, his detriment, giving it all. Cause he ends up hurting himself pretty often. But he's someone that, you know, seems to go out there, leads by example, and helps push the guys to do the best they can. So maybe he he will be a pretty good leader for the race. Yeah, I I think he can be. I think what he brings to the game, the excitement, et cetera, is certainly a lot And as from a fan. And I think people will respect him from that. I think Charlie Morton was probably at, at a higher level than probably 99.9% of people in, in baseball. But uh, – uh, to try to get somebody with that kind of leadership again is going to be interesting, but I, I'm very happy we have Mr. Kiermaier. As far as the team, though, and we've got coming up this year, I'm looking at some excitement. You know, with we've got with G-Man. I'm glad to see Joey Window. We're going to talk about the the hot stove here in a moment. But to me personally, those and people like Willie Damas, they're the folks who make that game not just exciting but personable too. You know, the how they do things, how they interact with the crowd and other players. All of those things are more than just, you know, bat to ball. Yeah, they they kind of seem like what we think baseball needs more of, where they go out there and they have fun with it instead of, you know, being like, oh, respect the games of baseball or, or the unwritten rules, stuff like that. They They go out there and they have fun with it. Well, thank you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I, I want to salute the Rays again for a fantastic 2020 season for getting us to the World Series all the way to Game 6. And excellent, excellent work. And uh, I don't think we'll ever be able to, enough to say enough about Margot and Rosarina as two guys who, a couple of the guys anyway, who made a big difference. There was a lot going on, and 
It wasn't just a couple of people that made that success get as high and as well as it did to be the you know American League champs. That doesn't doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of good management, coaching, and a lot of pay, players with heart and talent. And the Tampa Bay Rays certainly brought that in 2020. So looking to the forward future, well, tell me, Brandon, what's the hot stove in the Rays look like? Well, it's been relatively active, not as active as the MLB hot stove has been lately. But according to Mr. Lizzie of D-Rays Bay, there were six guys eligible to for arbitration with the Rays. They settled with four of them, one of those being Tyler Glasnow at $4 million. Yanni Chirinos, even though he is out for the year with Tommy John at 1.175, Joey Wendell at 2.25, and Manuel Margot at 3.4. And they will be going to arbitration with G-Man Choi. The Rays are putting up 1.85, and Choi is seeking 2.45. And Ryan Yarborough, he's going to arbitration hearing as well, with the Rays offering 2.3 and him seeking 3.1. And a little bit of rumor mills around the Rays, these come courtesy of Mark Topkin of the Times, that the Rays, they strongly pursued Kluber. They didn't get him as he went to the Yankees, but they are still considering a reunion with Chris Archer. I know everybody out there in Rays land will love that one. Johnny Chirinos, he had Tommy John last August, and he has started to play catch, and that's considered a really good sign, but he is still expected to miss this year with you know, the normal rehab time with Tommy John and Brendan McKay who has had shoulder surgery he's expected to play catch soon as well which would give all a better idea of when his return would be and he's he was estimated that he'd miss the start of the spring at the very least but we'll find out more when he starts throwing and Wander Franco it's expected by many people that he won't be on the opening day roster and he may have been if there wasn't a pandemic last year, but he has still has not played above a ball and you know, that may hurt him coming up this sometime this year. if he has like a really quick rise in double a AA or triple a and it's looking more likely sometime in 2022 is when we'll see Wander Franco coming up. I hope it's sooner than that. I've been excited about this young man for a couple of years. I mean, I think he was even like top prospect and all that sort of thing, but he's, he's exciting, man. Everything I hear about him, I believe he was playing in the offseason Dominican League, and they had they pulled him before the season was over. Heard a couple things. He may have just had a little tightness out there, and also with COVID and everything else, they thought we need to keep this young man healthy. So that was a, another one I remember hearing about Wander. Yeah, he hurt his shoulder. He didn't like hurt it, hurt it, but you know they did a test. It came back fine. That he was fine, and they're like, you know what? You know maybe take the rest of the time off they'll play in this league well i'm excited about him and we'll see what happens you know one thing that keeps pummeling me right between the eyes is the Rays shortstop position and there's a one of the things in major league baseball is there are international signings and this past week was the week then all that happens. Normally it's July, somewhere around the first week of July, and the international signings happen with people from other countries. One of them, I mean, Rays, Rays have made a few good decisions here. One of them this year is Mr. Carlos Colmenares. And 
Carlos is a shortstop who's supposed to have fast feet, fast hands, and has definitely been seen as one of the best people to be bringing in. The Rays, the Rays got him. And all of those great things that he has, but he's a shortstop. And I'm looking, okay, shortstop, we got Carlos. Shortstop, we got Wander. Shortstop, we got Willie. And I love Willie, okay? So I don't know. Are they going to move some of these guys around as position players as they come up? Or are they going to sit in minor leagues like you know, Wander has for two or three years before they bring him up? I don't know. But And you see talent like that. I hate to think that it's just kind of sitting in a minor league and not coming up to where everybody can see that talent. Yeah, he, he, by Baseball America, he was ranked fourth in the overall international prospects. Now you're talking and, about Carlos? Okay, yes. Sorry. And yeah, he was ranked number fourth in Baseball America. And, you know, they said that he's, he's kind of like a mid first round talent. So a, a very, very top prospect for the Rays. And I believe it's D Rays Bay said that they could, you know, maybe move Wander to third at some point because he, you know, he's possibly a little bit better fielder than, and Adamus is, of course, I said, you know, put Wander at short and then move Willie to second. Then maybe put Low or Lau at third or, or super utility guy. <laughs> and, you know, who when Carlos is, you know, when it's time for him to come up, who knows will Adamus be on this roster at that time? Because he's been here for a few years now and, you know, the Raiders don't like to pay guys and they usually don't really stick around for very long. So, there may be a spot for him naturally, just the way the Rays operate. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see how that comes. Because, I mean, I love it that we got a lot of great talent. But, you know, it's the nature of the beast, too, that changes are made. You know, Snell's gone. Morton's, Morton's gone by his own choice, or you could say but by not being able to come to agreement with the Rays. Looking at payroll, you know, that is a big part of the game. And... We look at what Eric Neander has had to play with. Uh, he, he's done well. Okay, let me stop here. You know, last show about the Rays we did over Christmas time, and I was singing Neander's praises because he's made a lot of great trades. One of them, of course, the biggest one we keep talking about is with Archer trading him to the Pirates and getting Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now, and that's just killer. And I, always, I said then, you know, Eric Neander makes decisions that I'm not necessarily – happy about when he makes them but a year or two later i'm ecstatic that he did that in the case with archer it was a much quicker turnaround than a year or two i hope that we see that kind of activity this year from his decisions i still had to salute him there's times he's doing things that made me cringe with the payroll that he's given i he's done pretty daggone well i mean world series what can i say yeah and no i'm sure he he probably doesn't really want to make a lot of these moves like the snow one, but, you know, certain restrictions from a certain someone who won't be named, you know, kind of puts restraints on what he can do financially. And he may just have no choice but to do those moves sometimes. Absolutely. And, and that's true. I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, if you look at the Mets and the Padres, you're looking at people who probably got some deeper pockets with what they're doing. And that's just not the race. Yeah, let's see. Looking at here, doing a little homework. Uh, looking at the 2019 payroll, 
and this is from sporttrack.com. It's S-P-O-R-T-T-R-E-C. Anyway, they're showing that the 2019 payroll for the Rays, the total salary was originally $71.9 million, and adjusted salary was $64.178 million. Anyway, the changes are made, you know, different things such as the retained salary. If you made some trades, money sticks, goes back and forth. But the so the total adjusted salary for them was sixty-four million that year. And if we look at the payroll for twenty nineteen, right at the top, not surprisingly, we just brought in Charlie Morton, and there he is at fifteen million. Kiermaier was like about eight million, and uh, Avsail Garcia was four and a half million. I miss I miss Garcia. Uh, Zanino was there for 4.4. Tommy Pham was there for 4 million. So that kind of gives you an idea there. Now, if you take that 2019 payroll and you look at 2020, (laughs) the adjustment salary is completely different because initially we were looking at a 75 million salary and the adjusted went down to 28 (laughs) because obviously COVID. (laughs) Yeah, you're paying a guy for the time he's out there to some degree is what happened. And I don't think they would mind having a $28 million payroll on a normal year. No, no. So, but it's, it is interesting. And it's seen, I'm not sure what 2021 is going to hold. I was looking at some numbers from sports track and I think they're theorizing. They were saying at this point, 43 million. Obviously this, it's not done yet. You know, who's going to be on the pre-arb stuff, all that, none of that's done yet. So I will be curious to see how that 2021 payroll is in 2019. (laughs) <laughs> uh, having an adjusted salary of $64 million, but a total salary of, of 71 So it will be interesting to see what 2021 does hold as far as salary and how that translates into success for their season. Yeah, we've seen it with the Rays. Spending money doesn't necessarily mean winning because remember a few years ago, they were like, hey, we're going to go all in. We're going to spend some money on some offense. And you know, that, that didn't go well. They sold a lot of those guys off by the trade deadline. It it fell flat on its face. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what it's going to look like this year. I mean, let's take a look roster-wise. Who are we going to have? We still got Willie. We still have Wendell. I'm sure we'll still have Choi. I think everything will work well. It's pre-arp, so we will have him. It's just a matter of what we're going to pay. We'll still have Kiermaier. Uh, Meadows. Glass now. Zanino. Who am I forgetting on in, on the field? Yandi. Yandi. He's still here. Yeah. Yandi, definitely. So we've got a lot of, you know, good folks. Brandon Lau. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. I mean, <laughs> and I mean, he was, he was definitely a big, big part of, you know, what we've done in the past. Uh, Margot and Lucky Boots, Rosarina. I mean, these are some folks that are making a difference. The ones we won't see, of course, obviously, Charlie Morton. Blake Snell and and a, and a great player and reliever, Mr. Alvarado. So those are, are some of the changes we're going to see. But I think we still have a great team out there. Uh, the biggest challenge, I think, is going to be pitching. You know, I mean, I think if you haven't filled. And, of course, our biggest challenge in the World Series was having somebody bat who's going to be delivering all the time. I mean, we said goodbye to Renfro because he didn't actually deliver what we expected as far as at the bat. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll dive into this deeper as we get closer to the, the start of the season. But, you know, we have I have my concerns, and you pretty much echoed the same thing. You know, what is pitching going to look like? Because at the moment we only have 
know, two real starters and an opener. But what are they going to do the other two days? And who else on offense is going to pick up the slack? Because we can't rely on Rosarena to carry the team for 162 games, and we can't rely on the long ball all year. So a little bit of concerns I do have around the team, but, you know, that's why they play the games. That's right. That's absolutely right. And and you know what? We're all excited again about this year. When February 27th, and that is going to be with spring training starting, that's going to happen still with a raise at Port Charlotte, even though there's no longer Port Charlotte Stone Crabs team. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, brother. I mean, that, that hurt. I mean, I knew with Mr. Rob Manfred moving chess pieces around saying, I'm sorry, we're going from 160 teams to 120. It was going to impact a lot of people and it was going to change where they were. I don't know that I saw it happening to the Port Charlotte Stone Crabs. I knew that uh, Manfred was looking at cutting rookie and maybe even single A teams. But I was thinking that if you had a team in Florida, maybe you would just elevate them like the Stone Crabs, but uh, that wasn't the case. That's not the only minor league team we've lost this year. We've lost the Princeton Rays and the Hudson Valley Renegades. It's a great name, Hudson Valley Renegades. Yeah, <laughs> it is, man. They had uh, had some great merch, too. So I'm sure if you want their logos and such, it's still out there. But I, I'm sad to see them go. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the minor league teams this year. And, again, that's something we're going to delve into in a future baseball biz edition. We'll probably do several focuses on the minor leagues, but we'll take a look at those three teams as well. And the good news is the Rays will continue to have the Bowling Green Hot Rods, which I like that name, but even better, the logo I like is Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, so that's another great name. Yeah, and then the Durham Bulls. So I'm curious about this new one we're adding, you know, because we talked about of the 120 teams, there's been some changes, but we're actually adding the Charleston River Dogs. Yeah, the Charleston River Dogs. So we've lost at least three teams and brought in a new one. So I'm curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, and if you didn't listen to this week's, earlier this week's normal baseball base show, we had a big story on MLB and a another team being sued by a former minor league affiliate. So I don't want to give too much away, but go back and listen. We, we cover that for a few minutes on that show. Yeah, and, and I wonder, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, curiously enough, you know, how many more of these windups popping up. So we'll, we'll cover that more. We'll continue to find out what's happening with the Rays minor leagues as well. But at this point, I want to say, you know, I'm real excited about the 2021 season. I'm excited about the potential of having fans in the stands. I mean, some of the things we're hearing about that is they may have little pods that you buy tickets like with two or four people and you sit in a certain area. Um, and if you're there at the TROP, you can be sitting actually potentially up in the 300 section. I was so sad to see that covered a couple of years ago. Concessions, I understand, are going to have to be handled a little differently, as, as you might well imagine. But, Brandon, you and I were talking about the other day, you didn't always have to, you don't always have to buy food at, at the TROP. I mean, one of the rules, I don't think the Rays have changed this, is that you can bring your own food. I don't know about bottled such, but you can bring your own food to the stadium. 
And a lot of folks may have done that in the past, but maybe doing more of it now. <laughs> yeah, I got to throw that. It's almost a joke at this point, but you feel like you have to say it. But, well, the race could open to 100% capacity and nobody will go still. Oh. I feel like I have to throw that one in there. Oh, thank just you. Just for everybody out there. You dog. <laughs> you dog. How dare you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, everybody else says it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I've been there when there's less than 15,000, there's no doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly forgot that we could, or that you could bring in your own food. I mean, I always love going there and getting, you know, a foot-long hot dog and a soda, but last time I was there, they got rid of the foot-long hot dog and broke my heart. Hey, well, one thing you know that, yeah, come on, I mean, foot-long hot dog, that should just be part of the experience, Okay. That, chili dogs, and everything else to boot. So I'll be curious to see what's on the menu and how they handle that as well. But I am excited about the idea of doing this. And we know that all the protocols and everything else may change. But that's some of the things we're hearing right now. Yeah, it's day-to-day. And it could change today. It could change next week. But so far, it's looking like people can be there to enjoy some raised baseball. Absolutely. Okay, any other news, anything else we should be thinking about or anything else we should be adding to uh, this special edition of Raise Up Baseball Biz? No, I don't believe I have anything at the moment, but hopefully next time we we talk raise, it's players or pitchers and catchers reporting. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Brandon, at Sports Blitz Pod. And me, Mark Carbett, at The Baseball Biz on Twitter. You can find us there. And you can find us on all the great directories out there for podcasts like Apple, Amazon Music, Podcast.Google, Stitcher, etc. But I want to thank you guys for joining us again today. Only thing I can say to kind of close this up is raise up. Special thanks to Scott Holmes for the music, Stomps and Claps.